All right, let's begin this morning. God is good. Let me tell you, as you're finding a, a seat, we appreciate you being here this morning. You know, uh, after a, a busy month, let me tell you, this has been a really busy month, and uh, a lot of the a lot of the work went in for the Millers anyway. Last uh, Friday night at the wedding that took place, I just want to say before I begin the sermon, I appreciate all of you that were here. I know that doing life together uh, is is made up of events. You know, there, there's circumstances in life and. Those events to come together and, and have a wedding, Mark and Ashley are, are uh, uh, at least supposedly, they told us they're headed to Hawaii, but who knows where they are right now. I think that they're allowing the to just go where the wind leads them and have a great time in doing it. Ashley's in her doctorate program and she's been uh, working up until, I believe it was Thursday afternoon, she uh, ended her semester and so they scheduled this wedding kind of in between uh, semesters so that they could just keep running. And uh, that's exactly what they're doing. Mark has been uh, working. And, and anyway, so it's a good rest for them. So glad that you're here. And then after service this morning, I want to invite all the church members. If you've gone through the membership class and signed the covenant and all that good stuff, we're going to have our annual business meeting. And we'll do that about 15 minutes following the service. It'll be very quick. It'll be very to the point, and uh, we want to encourage you, like I said, to be here and, and just to look over the things that God has done for the chapel and hear briefly what God, just briefly, because God has a lot, but we're going to only say a few things of what things are planned for the future in 2021. So let's begin by praying. That's a good thing to do. Father, thank you for the time of worship and coming together. And Father, I just pray. As I do every Sunday, either from this point, this platform, or God, before I even get up here, that God, I, I pray, and my request is that your Holy Spirit tailors this message to each person individually. So maybe questions and doubts, maybe fear, maybe uh, challenges going on in all of our lives. God, they, they all, all those things can be answered by allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And to guide us and direct us through your word. And that's what I pray. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are in a series. This is last Sunday of the uh, series entitled, How Good is Good Enough? You know, and the thought is that when we started on Easter, um, a lot of people will say, you know, just good people go to heaven. And all you have to do is just be good. But there's problems we said about that kind of idea. And, and the first one is there's no clear standard of what is to be good. I mean, th that's not a good system because there's no regulation of what's good. Just because someone's good, a lot of people say all roads lead to heaven. They say, you know, um, it doesn't matter where you worship or who you worship, how you pray, who you pray to, just as long as you're good. And some people's mindset is that they're gonna, God's going to gather up all the good people, no matter if they're from this religion or that religion, and one day spend eternity in heaven. But, but again, we said that there's no clear standard to what is good. Also, there's an argument inside of all of us that we say, well, you know, really, we should know what's right and wrong. If you remember, we went through that whole argument of a lot of times what seems right today 
we look back and we go, how did we buy into that just because of the culture that was around us saying that that ethics, situational ethics, just because that time period it was right. To give you a quick illustration, people that grew up in Nazi Germany thought that it was the right thing to do, but now a generation later they are embarrassed just like a lot of us that believe different things, and then we go, what, what, what was I thinking? That's not a good way of thinking, okay, just everybody should define what's right and wrong in their own eyes. That's good enough. And then the third thing we talked about is what's good enough because there's no percentage of what is good enough. Is it a 70? Is it 51? And that'll get you to heaven if you're just 51% good all the time. And, and we said, you know, kind of as a joke, you might be too old and sorry, you're already up. Time's up for you. All, all that is not. God did not say, and when I say God, Jesus did not say good people are going to heaven. He said forgiven people are going to heaven. And that's where the grace of God comes into our life. And, and we, we sang songs about it. We, we call and he answered. Why? Because we say, God, we need that grace in our life. The second week we talked about a, a, a question of fairness. And there's a lot of people that come to the faith, but they're, they're kind of doing the hokey pokey. You know, one foot in, one foot out, one foot in, one foot out. Shake it all about. You know, the hokey pokey is what it's all about. You know, and they, they get into Christianity and they're, they're not fully committed because they say, you know what, I, I don't know if it's true because I don't know if it's fair. And we said, nobody will hear the same amount of gospel the exact way all over the world. And in a way, Christianity is not fair. But that does not make it untrue. We believe that sin came into the world because of Adam and Eve. And some people say, well, that's not fair. I, I, I didn't commit the sin. But all of us have been in places and we've been in spots where we have suffered because of someone else's disobedience or because of someone else's uh, maybe, maybe somebody was born with a health issue because it was hereditary in your family is that fair no but it's still true last week we talked about why Jesus had to die and, and a lot of people also they'll question the faith of Christianity because they'll come to the point of saying you know why couldn't Jesus just forgive all of us wave his hand and or throw some magic dust or something and boom boom we start over and through that sermon, if you remember, we talked about that our God in his very nature is just. And when sin came into the world, there was a penalty, and a penalty had to be, there had to be some payment for that penalty. And here's what it is. Even though it's a question of fairness, it is not fair that our loving Savior had to come and die for sinners. But aren't we glad that he did? And so then God sent his son to die for us, that we that receive him, we believe in him, that we'll spend eternity with him. And, and this week we're going to talk about the foundation of our faith. And some of you that have been in uh, Christianity and believing and having a relationship with Jesus, may, maybe you really haven't really come to grips with the foundation of really what we do. And why that we have confidence in doing and saying and teaching and spreading what Jesus told us to, to tell people is good news into the world. You know, there's, there's more to Christianity than just the benefits of being a Christian. You know, some people say, you know, I, I, I'm a Christian and, and I experienced what the Word of God says, the abundant life. 
since I became a Christian, my marriage is better. I, I feel like I, I, I'm blessed more because, you know, I learned the things of God and I'm doing the things of God. I, I'm giving and God's giving. But I, that, that's, that's not why. Th- those are the benefits. That's the blessing of following God. <clears throat> but this morning, I want to talk about the foundations. You know, it, it's not even, now, before you throw something or, or run out, just give me a minute. It's not even the teachings of Jesus. It's not even the cross that we all have come to to understand him coming and dying for us. That's not the foundation. You know, a lot of people even come and say, you know, because I'm in a country, I'm a Christian. You know, because I'm in the United States. I was born in that Christian. If you're born in Israel, you're a Jew. You follow Judaism. If in the Middle East, maybe Muslim, maybe in Asia, maybe it's Buddha, India, Hindu. Let me tell you, it's more than just being born in America or in Europe. The foundation of Christianity is more, like I said, than it's more than teaching. It's more than a worldview. It's, it's not just the death of Jesus. A lot of people had died, especially world changers throughout history. And it's not even, hear me, it's not even having faith. Okay, Pastor, you blew it. You said that. I was with you till that. But the foundation that sets Christianity apart from all other belief systems, religions, whatever you want to call it, the thing that sets us apart, the thing that we call the foundation, it is an event... It happened on one day. Watch this. This is so important for us as believers to know. And as we're putting together, remember as a a believer, the first and most important thing you can do is get a revelation of who God is. First-hand revelation. It's not just a revelation of what somebody has told you, even a pastor. Second-hand revelation is better than no revelation. And let let me just say this. It's better if you don't have time to have sick. No, no, you have time to get a first-hand revelation. And what I mean by that is you need to spend time in the Word of God and in prayer saying, God, reveal yourself to me. And as I've said so many times, if you don't know the Word of God, a lot of times you can't even get a word from God because you don't know if God's speaking to you. You think, well, what was that? Was that me? But as you read the Word of God, the Holy Spirit brings it to our minds and again gives us a revelation of who God is. And when you get a revelation of who God is, then the second most important thing is to give a revelation of who you are and what Christ says and who Christ says you are. When when we talk about the authority of the believer, you go, well, Pastor, slow down. I'm just a little, you know, what such a worm as I. Have you noticed we don't sing that part of the song? Again, all the benefits are so important, but they're not the foundation of who we are as believers in Jesus Christ. See, in all other faiths, all other religions, their leaders would die. We know that there's a 100% chance of mortality with all of us. 
we would love to think that all of us are going to live forever and not die. And we know that in, unless Jesus Christ comes back, we're all going to die. In, in all of the religions, their leaders would speak, they would travel around, they would give good words, motivation, whatever you want to call it. And then the day that they would die, all their followers would go, what now? And they would have a rally and they go, keep the dream alive. And then they go spreading all the words and teachings of the leader. Do you know what happened in our faith as Christians when our leader died? The disciples went back to fishing. <laughs> now this is so important to understand. And, and they, they went back to, they, they went to hiding. Because they thought, and they deserted Jesus, they thought they were next. They knew what crucifixion was. They knew what dying was. And are we truly afraid of dying? It's not being dead that you're afraid of. It's in dying. And so the disciples fled. They ran. They hid. And then eventually they said, you know, we're, we're not going to get any kind of food if we don't work. So they went back to what they knew, and that was fishing. And instead of having a keep the dream alive, they had a rally of keep me alive. Think about it. And, and when you get to this part in the story, and, and we had Easter, and, and, and you realize all the things that have happened up to Easter, the teachings and all the things, the disciples at this moment, when they've run for their lives and they're hiding out, they thought, game over. Now, let's, we're all in here today. We're all in here, and we're mostly believers. So let's go. The disciples pretty much thought it was a fraud. See, the world still thinks, well, could have been, been a fraud. Could have been he could have been a fake. Did they stage all the things that happened, the miracles? Game over. We're done. And the reason why, if you think about it, why was the game over? Why was it done? Christianity at this moment, before it was even called Christianity, but the belief, the faith in Jesus being the Son of God was over. And if you think long enough, you, you start understanding why they thought it was over. He said a lot of good things, but how do you go out and start preaching the teachings of Jesus when he's a lunatic or a liar? Because remember, there's some things that he pushed the envelope so far that people would be like, eh, didn't he say some things that were kind of, woohoo, cuckoo-choo? Hey, Peter, didn't he say the only way to the Father was through him? I, I'm sure that they, what? Oh, Jesus, come, come on, hold that to yourself a little bit. You're telling me all. You know, five foot seven. I don't know if he's five foot seven, but I'm five foot seven. Anyway, all, all you know, just you, all of you is the way to get to heaven. Only way. Now he's gone. Hey, he, did, John, didn't he claim to be God? Now, now, John, you're the disciple. How did God, if he was God? How would he allow mortal men to tie his hands behind his back, lead him to a whipping post, whip him, and then lead him to a cross and nail his hands and feet to a cross? 
Didn't he say he was God? He's dead. And then he claimed, this, this is the, the deal breaker for a lot of people. If he was God and, and we are going to still teach the things he taught, th didn't he say, come on, didn't he say, didn't he say, guys, that he was going to die and be resurrected in three days? <clears throat> Phony. And all those disciples, what I call at the point, which a lot of times we are, if we don't realize, chicken hearters. You know what I mean? Are you a disciple? They asked Peter. A little girl, a little servant girl. Not me. I never knew him. Not me. I, I want you to understand that where the disciples are is they are believing that at this point, they have bought in for three years to something that was not true. Jesus died and the dream died with him. It's over. But if you know the story, three days later, he does exactly what he says was, was going to happen. He, he comes out of the grave. And those chicken-hearted guys all of a sudden become world changers And they go out teaching the word of God, but they stand on the foundation of what we call the resurrection. And 2,000 years or some years later, here we are at 4101 Golden Triangle at a church. And every Sunday we meet together. And we're part of a free country that has been based over the years on you have the freedom to worship God. Now think about this. All the things that have gone into Christianity since that time was not because of the teachings of Jesus Christ, even though they're very dear to the believer. It's not because of the miracles. The disciples had seen all the miracles. They had been part. Come on. They, they saw him walking on the water where, where your brain's going, wow, that doesn't make sense. They saw him take five loaves and two fishes. Now, come on, if that was a magic trick, do you think that that was some pretty magic in those bread and that fish? 5,000 men plus women and children? No. Their mind, probably just like ours, would try to reason, how did he do that? He's got a sardine up his sleeve, I know it. It wasn't because of that, because they had seen all those miracles, and after the crucifixion, after they put him in the grave, they were afraid. They, they'd given up. And even it was not the crucifixion. The crucifixion did move the disciples to be powerful men of God. We, we see them because they're, again, like I said, they were all meeting together scared to death. But we are here today because Christianity blew up. Because men saw a dead man walking. Here we start where the game changers made a 180 degree change in their life 
and did something that really, come on, these guys were, were men, but they were not the most sharpest tools in the shed, you could say at times. I mean, John and James said, just call down fire and burn them up. And Jesus says, calm down, fireball, you know, slow down. Peter's lopping off ears. Do, do we even have to talk about Levi, tax collector? And all of a sudden, someone has gotten into their innermost being and the world is beginning to change. Overnight, listen to this. Th this should just, it, it, there, there's something might be going, okay, tell me something else that's going to prove to me. Overnight, thousands of Jewish people in Jerusalem, this is the, the center of Judaism. Overnight, thousands of Jews in Jerusalem are converting to this new way of thinking, this new, this new belief system in this man called Jesus. And they're abandoning thousands, if not hundreds of years, of their own learned traditions in the Jewish religion. They're abandoning them. What, what, would, what would cause that? Now, as a pastor, I would think, well, maybe it was a sermon, but it wasn't a sermon. Huh. And, and, and not because they saw a man die, because there have been a lot of people, and I don't think we can even grasp in our time period how many people they saw die on crosses. Remember, they're not seeing the first man die on a cross. The Romans did this regularly to prove their power. There was such a political disruption so big, the most powerful government in the world steps in after this resurrection. There's a disruption because things are happening that have never happened before, and what they try to silence in killing Jesus all of a sudden becomes bigger. Now, now, Jesus dies and is resurrected, and for 40 days, if you can remember, 40 days after the resurrection, Jesus walks on the earth with his disciples. Boom! That blows your mind, doesn't it? Now, now, 40 days is a time of completion. It is, a, a, it is just a numeral that, that we see in the Bible of completion of greatness. And what happens, if you look at through the Bible, you can look at Noah, 40 days in the ark. You can see Moses, 40 days on Mount Sinai. You can see uh, Jesus tempted, 40 days. Elijah fasted, 40 days. So here it is. Here's Jesus, the Son of God. He's been crucified and people have seen. It's public. You can go out there and watch the crucifixion. Take your children. A lot of times they would almost have it as festivities as even in early America where they would hang somebody that was a criminal. You'd come out and show, see kids, well, you never want to be a criminal. Look at that. Everybody saw Jesus die. And then Jesus is put in a tomb and he is walking around for 40 days. Now, a lot of times we get to the point where we go, I wish I could have been. Can you just take these early believers as they're going? I, 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 I. They were hiding, and now they're out in public walking around. Quickly, because of time, look at Acts chapter 2. I, I want to show you where the world changers began. 
th- this is where this is the reason right now is why you're sitting in a church. This is such an unbelievable, when, when the disciples began in, in church as we know it started, you know, the, the Sabbath was on Saturday, so they decided to meet on Sunday. They, they worked on Sunday, so they met Sunday night in, in houses. You know what would happen if we moved church to Monday? I got to work. <laughs> Something is making them go, I don't, I don't care, Let, let's go together, let's get together. Now watch what happens. In Acts chapter 2, it says, on the day of Pentecost. If you didn't know the assembly of God, where you're at, we believe in Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost was being fulfilled. That's the time of the festival that was a festival in Jewish holidays. It says, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. This is how the Passion Translation, I love it. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. In other words, this isn't, no, it's a big train coming through. Then all at once, a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. Now watch this. In verse 4 it says, they were some of them. No, it says all were filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowering by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Now watch this. This isn't something that they had practiced, planned. All they knew was to wait in Jerusalem until the gift of the Holy Spirit was given them. And they didn't know how it was going to happen. Boom. Now, there's two words here, the words of being filled. Just quickly, not to impress you, but they are plerio and phileo, which means filled outwardly and also furnished and equipped inwardly. So they were filled to do life inwardly, but they were equipped to do ministry outwardly. These guys that were scared to death and hiding and going, oh no, is that somebody coming that might get me? All of a sudden, when the Holy Spirit entered into their life, they had boldness like never before. Okay, go down to verse 21. It says, Peter is speaking to the crowd when they go, what has happened? And Peter gets up, and and at verse 21 he says, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Remember that, everyone. You're in everyone, if you didn't know that. Verse 22, Peter continued, People of Israel, listen to the facts. Jesus the victorious was a man on a divine mission whose authority was clearly proven. For you know how God performed many powerful powerful miracles and signs and wonders through him. They had been part of the healings, guys. They had seen it. But some of them had yelled, crucify him. They weren't sold that he was the Messiah. But what just happened when that powerful wind came through and they spoke in tongues, watch what happens. It says, you were there to see all the miracles in verse 23. This man's destiny was prearranged for God, knew that Jesus would be handed over to you to be crucified. Remember that. But then it goes on to say, and that you would execute him on the cross by the hands of lawless men. Yet it was all part of the predetermined plan. Now get ready, verse 24. God destroyed the cords of death and raised him up. 
Because it was impossible for death's power to hold him prisoner. And all of a sudden they're going, holy cow. Verse 32 says, can't you see it? God has resurrected Jesus. And we all, listen to that, we have all seen him. We have all, we're witnesses. Have you ever realized that somebody can talk you about as something that somebody told you as a second, third hand revelation? But if you get a first hand revelation, you are a witness of what God has done in your life. You go, come on, what you got? Come on, some of you elderly saints, and you can be 40 and be an elderly saint. But, but what I'm saying is, you that have been in the faith long enough, somebody comes and goes, is Jesus really real? Just save your bread, dude. You can't talk me out of it. I'm not some high school student that's saying, maybe God is a woman, or maybe he's a, you know, flower. Move it along, move it along. I'm a witness of what God's done in my life. This is what he said. We've seen it. We've seen the resurrection. He was dead. Now he's dead in the tomb, and now he's talking to us. Not one day, two day, three day, four day, five day, 40 days. We saw him go up into heaven. Yeah, they got the hula hoop and went around, no strings, a tat, whatever, you know. He's really going. Verse 33. Then God exalted him to the right hand upon the throne of the highest on. Now, now some people would go, did he really? Well, I don't care if you believe it or not. I'm telling you what happened. Then God exalted him to the right hand upon the throne of the highest honor. And the Father, listen to this, and the Father gave him the authority to send the promised Holy Spirit which is being poured out upon us today. This is what you're seeing and hearing. What, what are we hearing? What are we doing here? What was it? The power of the Holy Spirit just fell. If you notice, just I, I'm going to go on, but if you go through and read the book of Acts, you know the, the book of Acts are actually the acts of the disciples, the early church. Now watch this. The crowd responds because Peter's, quote, words have changed the world. They're, it's the beginning. Changed the world. We know, we talk about the words that we hear change our thinking. It changes our emotions. It goes all the way to transformation to changing our destiny. Peter's words are powerful because the Holy Spirit is in, I mean, talk about taking a, a vitamin, COVID vaccination. You, you did whatever it takes, boy, he was ready to go. The Holy Spirit had filled him more powerful than anything. That he had seen, touched, the Holy Spirit now has empowered him to say, this is what I saw. You can't argue with a witness. Verse 37, it says, when they heard this, they were crushed and realized what they had done to Jesus. Deeply moved, they said to Peter and the other apostles, what do we need to do, brothers? Now, when, when somebody gets into that state where now they're surrendered, Peter then gives them the answer. Repent and return to God. Each one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to have your sins removed. Then you may take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Did you hear? It's a gift. It's not an it. It's a he. Hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. For God promised 
of the Holy Spirit is for you and your families, for those yet to be born, and for everyone, I'm an everyone, and for everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Peter preached to them and warned them with these words, Be rescued from the wayward and perverse culture of the world. Those who believed the word that day, watch this, that day 3,000 people, 3,000 men it says, were baptized and added to the church. Throw in maybe their wives, you might have got up to 6,000 plus people there that day. Now, the next chapter, the disciples are going to the temple. And there's a man that's been there and he's a crippled begging for money and it's the gate beautiful. And Peter and John come in, and it's an amazing story. They, they have already seen 3,000 added to the belief of Jesus Christ. They're not even called Christians yet. They don't even know who they are other than, I believe in Jesus. They, the disciples, Peter and John, come in, and they see a guy going, Hey, 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 can you give me a little money? And, he, and they say those words, silver and gold, I don't have. But good news, I have, and I'm going to give it to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. Now watch this. It happens. There's something about having faith in something, and then it becomes manifest, and it actually happened. That what they had faith for worked. The healing of that man's body, he gets up, and, and you know what he did? He said, oh, that feels good to stand up. Let me sit down. I've been sitting down so long. I, no! He said, "Whoa!" He started jumping and leaping and running around. And people go, what's wrong with him? Is that that guy that was crippled? And it causes such an uproar. And, it, and it's causing a stir. And, and Watch this. Go to chapter 4. After the healing, it says, the teachings and preachings of Peter and John angered the priest, the captain of the temple, police, and representatives of the Jewish sect of the Sadducees. Now, why, why is that important that I say the Sadducees? Because they did not believe in the resurrection. That's why they were sad, you see. I'm kidding. But you will never forget that. They didn't believe in the resurrection. Oh, come on. They were furious that the people were... Listen, why were they furious? Because the disciples uh, looked good or carried their Bible with slick down, whatever. Why were they furious at what they were doing? Next line. They were being taught that in Jesus there is a resurrection from the dead. So while Peter and John were still speaking, the Jewish authorities came to the temple courts to oppose them. They had them arrested, and since it was already evening, they kept them in custody until the next day. Yet there were many in the crowd who believed the message. Just what they were saying right there in that shorter period of time, they were giving the message, and it says, bringing the total of men who believed to nearly 5,000. Add women and children, you could be up somewhere between ten and 15,000. So they later are brought in to give account. All right, come on into the trial, sit down, give us an account of what happened. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, did you hear that? Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, answered, Respected elders and leaders of the people, listen, are we being put on trial for doing an act of kindness by healing a, a frail, crippled man? Well then. You and everyone else in Israel should know that it is by the power of the name of Jesus that the crippled man stands here today completely healed. 
You crucified Jesus Christ of Nazareth, but God did what? Raised him from the dead. Now listen. Really? And now they're being sent out. Because in chapter, or go down to verse 18. So they had them brought back and before the council, and then they commanded them, never teach. In other words, they said, well, we've got to think about what that, okay, be over there, okay, come back. Don't ever teach about it again, using the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied. Now, how can they reply? Because they're filled with the Holy Spirit. You can judge for yourself. It is better to listen to you or God. You judge. But watch what he said. It's impossible for us to stop speaking about all the things we have seen and heard. Let me just say, I'm going to conclude it by saying the disciples were changed by the power of the Holy Spirit to speak boldly the resurrection of Jesus, the foundation of our belief that proved he was the Messiah and the Son of God. It was because of what they saw. Not just like every other religion, what somebody believed. See, people have died for their beliefs. But they were willing to die, listen, for the reason they saw a resurrected Messiah that put a stamp of authenticity. He is real. Peter, this is in church history. This is not in the Bible. But in church history, they say that Peter was finally caught after preaching, and they they were going to put him to death on the cross. And he made one request, and the request was this. I'm not worthy to die like Jesus. So they turned him upside down to die. You you go through the the disciples, and maybe you've seen the living Lord's Supper where each one of the disciples talk, but, but all of them go through horrible torturous deaths except John and he's really put on an island to rot it says that he escaped a, a pot of boiling oil I mean but but here's the, what I want you to understand here's why the resurrection is the foundation of Christianity and what we believe is because do you think for a moment that those disciples if they knew it was a fake a phony fraud that one of them wouldn't have broke and said, whoa, I'm not really in favor of boiling oil. (laughs) It was all a fraud. But through history, they said, no, no, go ahead. Kill me. It's impossible not to preach. I I saw Jesus walking after his death. I, I, I witnessed it. Let me just read this. It says in the next chapter, in chapter 4, verse 31, it says, Another time as they prayed, the earth shook between them, causing the building they were in to tremble. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the second time. We read chapter 2. This is chapter 4. Each one of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they proclaimed the word of God with un." 
restrained boldness. All the believers were there in one mind and heart. Selfishness was not part of their community, for they shared everything they had with one another. Look at verse 33. The apostles gave powerful testimonies about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great measures of grace rested upon all of them. See, Paul would come into the picture later, and he'd have a first-hand revelation on the road of Damascus of Jesus and who he was. And later in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14, this, this is later, Paul comes to the conclusion that kind of rocks all of us of thinking, what is our foundation? And he says it like this. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, useless, amounting to nothing. Oh, and your faith is also vain. It's imaginary, unfounded, devoid of value and benefit, not based on the truth. Paul is saying, Christ has been raised and our preaching and your faith is valid. In a world that's going to try to tell you that Christianity is a hoax. It, it'll try to tell you that, you know, that it was a phony. All that was made up. As you search for a revelation of who God is in your life through the Word of God, not based on what I say or somebody else says, but what the Word of God says, who God is in your life, I want you to realize that the disciples, I mean, I, I, I've said it before, but I'll say it again, and I, I don't mean to be just humorous, but if somebody predicts their own death and then is resurrected, like he says, sign me up. I'm all in favor of that. What, what do you want me to do? You want me to wear one shoe and not one shoe? or Whatever your teaching is. The teachings are important to live a successful and a fulfilled life, but it's the resurrection that proves that our Messiah is who he says he is. So when you're going through, is, 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 is really all this real? Yes, it's real. And I encourage you to be confident in being part of Christianity, being part of having a relationship with the Messiah, the Son of God, because he is true. And if he's true, then what he did on the cross for us, that we can receive, everybody's invited, all those that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If we confess our sins by believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth, that we'll be saved. And the Bible says that everybody can meet the requirements. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That if we believe on him, Here's the good part, that we shouldn't perish and have everlasting life with Jesus. Would you close your eyes just for a few minutes? I want to pray. This morning, being a Christian doesn't mean you're perfect. It means you're forgiven. When you receive what Jesus did on the cross, that payment for our sins gives us the ability 
to receive the Holy Spirit in our life when we become a follower of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit in our life gives us boldness to see the teachings of God actually lived out in our life. And because they're being lived out in our life gives us the power of a testimony to a world that desperately needs answers. And then we understand who we are. That we're anointed by the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit living in us as believers that we have the authority to give the good news, the answers, the anointed answers. This morning, if maybe you've been through this series and you've said, you know, I, I've had so many questions, but, but today, you know, I, I'm ready to commit my life to Jesus. As I said the last three weeks, that saying a prayer isn't going to make you a believer or a follower of Jesus Christ. But the Bible does say that we do believe in our heart and we do more than that. That we, we, we confess with our mouth and then the corresponding action of living it. But it starts by saying it because you believe it. So that's why we pray. You've heard it say maybe a sinner's prayer or, or a prayer that says, you know, this is what I want God. But as I pray, maybe you'd use this as an example. And let's just pray together. If you're here in this sanctuary and maybe you've never made a commitment, that you'd say something like this in our prayer. Father, I have sinned. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. The God I choose you is my God. I believe that your son is the Messiah the Son of God, and I choose to follow Him. I choose to make Him not only my Savior, but also my Lord. In making Him Lord, I know that the Word of God is my direction, my map in life. I give my life to you today. In your name I pray, amen. The reason why we end the prayer with, in your name, Jesus, we pray, amen, is because Jesus said, anything that you ask in my name. And so we're believing that as salvation comes into the believer, that we're set free of a death, a, an eternal, really, penalty for our sins. This morning, if you made a commitment to Jesus Christ and made him Lord of your life, I ask you to make it public. That you tell people, I made a decision for Christ. Another is to that you follow the example of Jesus Christ in water baptism. And what we'll do, we're working <laughs> to get our water baptismal fixed. We're going to quickly announce that in the next couple of weeks when a date happens. And, and to make that uh, available to those in our church that have made a commitment to Jesus Christ. Amen. In a few minutes, we're going to be dismissed. The ushers will hold the offering plate at the end. And as this is the last Sunday of April, uh, giving you an opportunity to give in person or you can actually give online. Or if you want to do the drive-by, not drive-by shooting, but a drive-by, you can drop it off even in the mailbox to my right out here behind the sanctuary.
in a few minutes, we will, in about 15 minutes, we'll have our annual business meeting. Uh, it'll go quick. Our goal is to have it in and out, you back in and out within a few minutes. Uh, I will not be preaching a sermon, <laughs> so hopefully it'll go a little bit quicker. Why don't you stand? I am so thankful that you chose to be here this morning. And again, I want to tell you, I'm so proud of you. I know that God has you in a place right now, that God is doing things in your life, each one of you individually. Stay on the track. Stay, stay focused on God and watch where he takes you. God, as we leave now, I pray peace on our church. God, I pray wholeness in every area of their life. Amen. Amen. You guys are dismissed. Thank you for coming to the chapel today.